My name is Tom Marquisell, President of the Table. I'll get things going here in just a few moments. Here, it will be joined by Adam Jevedan, Super Browns fan. Obviously, the NFL draft is taking place there in Cleveland. <clears throat> but although uh, uh, 
Adam lives here in Indianapolis, uh, where our studios are located at high atop the Balance Studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis. Also joining us to help us in our mock draft uh, this today is going to be Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and uh, our official NFL contributor. He's also with SI.com. Going to be breaking down all the possible scenarios of the first round. Never to fear. We are going to have another mock draft as we tweak things a little bit more, getting closer to uh, the NFL draft coming up around starting around the 29th of April. My name is Tom Mark with El Presidente. 917-889-8516 is our digits. If you've got something you want to call and talk about with the uh, – uh, with about the with the panel about the NFL draft, we'd love to hear from you. Again, my name is uh, Tom Marcus El Presidente. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Guard is a reserve component of the United The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike... You know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. 
When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. say not drive i don't know why i got drive on my mind uh but why we do our annual mock draft we do this every year been doing it for quite a few years have a lot of fun with it uh, our panel today will be our expert uh ed Kratz, beat writer for the philadelphia eagles and si.com and our official nfl contributor adam jividan super browns fan and uh you know hey it's, it's just a bonus that that the draft is in Cleveland this year, and certainly everybody on the panel is, uh, has had the draft in recent years. They're in their city, prospective cities here in Indianapolis, uh, also Philadelphia, and then Cleveland this year. And then Tony Donahue will be joining us here in about 30 uh, as well. Tony Donahue for the Tony D Podcast. Let's get things kicked off. I'll start with you, Ed. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing great, Tom. Great time of year. How you doing? Oh man, it always it always is. It's it's calm in the chaos, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Adam Adam Jevidan, uh, Super Brown fan. Uh, 
How, how are you doing, sir? Is that is that your dog barking in the background? Because I know it is mine. Yeah, yeah. There's two of them. Sorry. Hey, it's of the hey I got three of them, man. Hey, I I understand. I got three of them. I know exactly what it's like, and it's it's not always the internet guy. It's the Amazon guy. It's the trash guy. It's the squirrel. <laughs> it's a leaf. <laughs> Those those that have dogs know know the misery. Well, let's just start things off and kind of get a recap of what we're looking at this year, and then we're going to try to get through uh, uh, all the picks here in the next hour here in the first round. We're just going to kind of do a high-level look at it. You don't have to go chalk on all of it. Uh, certainly, uh, we would think that the first couple picks might be chalk, but certainly feel free to go with whoever you want. What we'll do is we'll just kind of go round robin so that we have to get a ball in, uh, and, we'll, and we'll start with Ed. But, Ed, before we get uh, going in, in the mock draft, let's go ahead and get your overall perspective, uh, you know, from the Philadelphia Phillies look and, and just in the overall draft, just uh, covering the NFL as extensively as you do. What can we look for here in this year's draft? Well, I mean, I think it's going to be kind of an unprecedented draft as far as the number of offensive players that you're going to see in the first, you know, maybe eight, nine selections. I mean, we've never had a draft where, uh, you know, one side of the ball has dominated uh, those early picks. I mean, I, I've done a little research on it. I think 1991 was the last time one side of the ball sort of dominated the first few selections. And in that year, it was the first six players taken were on the defensive side of the ball before uh, two offensive tackles went with pick seven and eight. I think this year uh, you could see eight and as many as nine offensive players taken with those first, you know, eight, nine selections, which would be crazy when you think about uh, think about that. But, you know, there's all these quarterbacks that always have a tendency of floating to the top of the draft, and we've seen so many quarterbacks wash out now, in the, you know, that were taken in, among the first five picks. You know, Carson Wentz is on his second team. Jared Goff is on his second team. You know, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, second teams already. I mean, these guys were uh, top five picks uh, not that long ago. I mean, I think Baker Mayfield uh, there in Cleveland is the only top five pick that's still on his same team dating back to 2018. Of course, Kyler Murray is in that mix. Um, Joe Burrow is in that mix. Burrow's coming off the torn ACL. But, you know, there's so many quarterbacks in this year's draft that are going to go in the top four or five picks. And, um, you know, buyer beware on that because of the history with taking quarterbacks. Not all of them are going to hit. You know, you're talking about Trevor Lawrence, uh, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, uh, Zach Wilson. I mean, th- those five guys, they're not all going to be, you know, superstars in the NFL. It's a matter of identifying uh, which one is going to be. You look back to 1999 with Tim Couch. I'm sure Adam Jivden remembers uh, Tim Couch, first overall pick in 99. McNabb went second, and Achilles Smith went third to the Bengals. And, you know, McNabb was really the only one that did anything in that draft. It's a shame that injuries kind of spoiled Couch's career. But Achilles Smith threw, I think, 72 passes in his career, just terrible career. So, uh, you know, you have to watch out for these quarterbacks. But I just think this draft, to answer your question, is unprecedented and unprecedented in terms of the amount of talent on the offensive side of the ball that we're going to see go in the top 10. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And, you know, we always see what happens with the, the quarterbacks. We, we never know what, what's going to happen. And we, we could say that Andrew Luck hit, but did he turn into a franchise quarterback? No, he didn't. Adam Jevenin will bring you in, Super Browns fan. I know you know a lot about the Cleveland Browns, probably more than anybody on our panel. 
today. So uh, go ahead and give us your thoughts. The draft is there in Cleveland. Uh, the, as they say in the commercial, they're the greatest city in the state of Ohio. Go ahead, Adam, what say you? Yeah, you know, I'm, I, I, I totally agree with Ed. I, I think a big reason why we're going to see a lot of offensive players go in this first round is there's not a lot of good defensive players in this year's draft. Um, a lot of juniors declared early in the previous draft where we saw heavy defensive players uh, get drafted in the Chase Young, Jeffrey Okuda, uh, that class where you saw, like, I think it was half of them um, go in the top ten. Well, about half were defensive players. I'd, I'd have to check exactly. But uh, this year's defensive class is really weak. Uh, we saw that in college football um, across the board with the lost offseason um, from COVID. Uh, defensive players were just behind. Um, pretty much from the jump, and they never caught up. Uh, so uh, you're going to have defensive players kind of slide down a bit. Um, teams that are going to be defense needy, I think, are going to see really good players go early. Um, this draft is heavy um, on three positions, and, and uh, we'll post our mocks, I think Tom said, in, in future weeks. My, my mock is, is very offensive tackle heavy. There's a lot of teams that need offensive tackles. Um, in the league right now, and a a large part of the problem is the last two drafts have had good quality at the top on offensive tackles, but beyond that, once they start getting past those top three or four guys, uh, there's a pretty severe drop-off, whereas this year, it looks like it's kind of the opposite. There's about eight guys um, from an offensive tackle position, not even counting some really good guards um, coming into this draft. So I think think it's going to be very heavy – um, offense on the first round in particular between offensive tackles. We're going to see that run on quarterbacks um, and then some receivers taken early, but I think there's going to be a lot of those receivers that people are drafting um, in the second round and beyond. So that, that's kind of the way that I see it. Uh, you're going to have some great value in the late rounds on defensive players that are just sliding because of the massive volume of offensive players. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and jump into our mock draft here with our panel of experts, Ed Kratz and Adam Jividen, and we'll kind of round robin it here. We'll start with Ed, and we'll just kind of leave it the, the order as we know it now. We know that there is always going to be possibilities of some trade-ups and trade-ins and, and so forth. So, And we will have another mock draft as we, in the final week of the before the actual draft to, to kind of evaluate those moves that have been made. Of course, a lot of those moves won't be made until draft day, so we'll see what happens we'll start with you ed kratz uh beat writer for the philadelphia eagles si.com on the, the first pick is the jacksonville jaguars one would think they go with trevor lawrence but what are your thoughts on the on the on the first pick overall uh, going to the jacksonville jaguars yeah i, I think urban myers already said that that's the direction they're going to go is trevor lawrence so unless you know this is complete smoke screen i i would certainly say it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. He's the best quarterback uh, in this draft, maybe the best offensive player. I'm not, I'm not so sure about that, but yeah, I think he's the best quarterback out there. At least he's got the most experience and uh, the most game tape of any of the other quarterbacks in this draft. So it's got to be Trevor Lawrence at number one. Adam, you know a little something about Urban Meyer. Uh, any, any reason to deviate from that thought? No, I, Urban's going to take Trevor. Uh, I think a lot of this is also that Trevor is a um, – I think the Jaguars are looking at this as he's a very marketable player. Um, they they are – if they don't start putting butts in seats, they could be uh, at, at risk of losing that franchise in Jacksonville. They may have to relocate. And Trevor Lawrence is definitely 
the name recognition, having won that national championship his freshman year, um, that, that will help generate that interest um, for that team down there in South Florida. And so you're up, Adam, uh, number two pick, the New York Jets. Uh, again, we look at uh, that quarterback situation. Uh, Zach Wilson obviously would be the guy we would think going with chalk, but what are your thoughts? I think it's going to be Zach Wilson primarily because the Jets are stupid. Um, Zach Wilson in three years as starter didn't put together as good of a single season or didn't put together as many touchdowns, had way more interceptions than Justin Fields had in one season. Uh, a lot of the former players are, are really starting to go for bat, to, to go to bat for Justin Fields, saying, this guy's the number two, he's been the number two, and a lot of the reasons why he's sliding are really stupid um, amongst mocks, but the Jets have basically tipped their hand that Zach Wilson's their guy. Uh, he's got that New York swagger, and, and that's what they want. I think it's a mistake, but that, I think that's what they're going to do. Ed, you know, uh, one of the, the, the brick walls that the Jets have always had in their quarterback situation, and you've heard about the Madden curse, but there's also the Jets quarterback curse. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on certainly what, what Adam just said, but uh, the Jets overall pick, one would think uh, Zach Wilson from BYU will go instead of Justin Fields, but what are your thoughts? <clears throat> yeah, I don't know what that Jets curse is. Is that something to do with Joe Namath, or what, what is that curse exactly? Well, it just it just uh, you know you read about it. Basically, they they don't you, since Joe Namath, they really haven't had to have they really haven't had a quarterback that's really been the face of the franchise, if you will. No, they they have tried that's for sure. Um, and now you know trading away what who they thought would be the face of the franchise, Sam Darnold. Now they need a quarterback and. Um, you know, I think Justin Fields, I think very highly of Justin Fields, but you talk about the curse of the Big Ten quarterback. I mean, we haven't seen a, a Big Ten quarterback. I know Tom Brady and Tom or, uh, Drew Brees are kind of the outliers there, but, uh, you know, the Big Ten just doesn't produce uh, quarterbacks for whatever reason. So, you know, Justin Fields facing that battle as well, this, you know, this trend of, you know, Big Ten quarterbacks not doing well at the next level. So, uh, you know, I think Zach Wilson's one of those guys that, like Joe Burrow was last year, kind of burst on the scene uh, in his last college year, really did well. You could question the competition level he played against. He couldn't beat Coastal Carolina uh, last year. So, you know, you, you question that. But, yeah, for some reason the Jets have fallen in love with him, and uh, Zach Wilson's going to be the pick. But I agree with Adam. I, mean, I, I really like Justin Fields as a quarterback, and you could say, you know, historically the Big Ten doesn't produce the quarterbacks that you like to see. But, you know, sooner or later there comes along a guy that's going to buck that trend and I and I think Fields has the ability to do it but I'm going to go with Zach Wilson at number two with the Jets you know that's probably a logical thing look at here at the next pick number three I'll take the San Francisco 49ers I I don't think the the 49ers have really made a a decision on who they're going to make as their quarterback yet they 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 did uh, make a decisive trade to get the number three overall logically a lot of people might think okay this is a good spot for Justin Fields but there again we looked 
at the New England uh, Patriots have made a huge uh, trade uh, with the Falcons to give them the number four pick. And so not knowing exactly who the 49ers will pick, I'm going to kind of go against chalk a little bit, just a little bit. And I'm going to say they, they go with Mac Jones and Justin Fields ends up at Ohio State. I don't mean to steal the thunder for you, Ed, and coming up in the number four pick. But that's my, my thought. Mac Jones, Alabama, uh, what are your thoughts there, uh, Ed? Well, I mean, that seems to be what a lot of people are saying, but I really have a hard time thinking they gave up all that draft capital to move up to take, you know, a quarterback that is so limited. And Mac Jones, yeah, he's a winner, but, boy, his mobility is not the best. And, uh, you know, I'm just not really uh, sold on Mac Jones. He had a lot of great talent around him. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I would tend to lean more towards a guy with, like, some upside, like Trey Lance here from North Dakota State, very small sample size in college. Um, but, you know, he's a 20-year-old guy that, you know, has got quite a ceiling on him. And I guess the Niners still have Garoppolo. So, you know, you could bring in Trey Lance and, you know, have them battle it out in camp. Uh, but you know that Jones, uh, Lance is going to be with you for a long time, and he's going to only get better. He's only 20 years old. and I don't know. He's got great mobility. He's the type of quarterback in the NFL now that we're seeing that mobility, ability to scramble, keep plays alive, pick, you know, pick up first downs with his legs. I just don't think Mac Jones is that guy, but for some reason the Niners are being linked to him, and they seem to really like him. So, uh, yeah, I can see it happening. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, uh, I mean, but he did not pop out of nowhere. I don't think it's a smokescreen. And, and, and Adam, you may agree or disagree with this, but I think he has a lot of the traits that Kyle Shanahan is looking for in that uh, quarterback uh, position. Uh, any thoughts, uh, Adam, on the 49ers? I, I'm thinking Mac Jones. And, again, I, I don't want to steal the thunder from Ed because he may have somebody different, but I think that, that because of the, the trade that the Patriots made with the Falcons, that Justin Fields would be the logical fit there going Go ahead, Adam. Uh, so hold on. Did the Falcons and Patriots make complete the trade? I've seen. I haven't seen. I thought they did. It weird. Well, I, I, I thought that they, they did. In my all my drafts, I'm looking at they have them as the number four pick. So I'm going to go with that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I I think if the Niners traded up to draft Mac Jones. John Lynch is a complete moron that needs to lose his job in two years. Mac Jones, at best, at best, is an average quarterback in the NFL. Like, everything I've heard is they're like, well, Kyle Shanahan really like, could like Mac Jones because he has Kirk Cousins-like attributes. I'm like, not even Kirk Cousins, as good as Kirk Cousins. He might have Kirk Cousins-like attributes. And last I checked, Kirk Cousins isn't a top 15 quarterback. You don't give up all that draft capital to draft Max freaking Jones. If it's not Justin <laughs> Fields or Trey Lance, I'll be floored. And that's the kind of decision that would literally set a franchise back that's on the precipice of a Super Bowl to the point that they'll never eclipse it. Because Mac Jones has no mobility. If you watch a lot of Alabama games, the SEC defense last year was atrocious. Getting back to what I had said earlier, but then – you're talking about a guy that threw 70% of his passes to wide-open people. That was a pro football-focused stat. 71.9% of his passes were to receivers without a single person within three yards of them. So he's throwing to wide-open guys all the time. And he threw, I think, 52% of his passes were off of RPO or screens. That's not a 
a, a, a pattern of success in the NFL. Uh, it, Kyle Shanahan, if they overlook Justin Fields, and if, it, if he goes to the Patriots at four, that is, a, that is a mess up the likes of which we haven't seen from Kyle Shanahan. Oh, except that Super Bowl where he refused to run the ball uh, when they had the ball at the 31 with four minutes left. Uh, <laughs> once again, the Patriots are going to apparently steal Kyle Shanahan's lunch money. So, you know, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but if he does, that's a massive, massive mistake. Full disclaimer, we forgot to tell you that Adam Jividen disdains the SEC and the New England Patriots, so we should have saw that one coming. <laughs> Ed Kratz, I'm just kidding. Ed Kratz, New England Patriots are on the clock with number four pick. What are your thoughts? Well, it's a trade that hasn't been made yet, uh, this trade between the Patriots and Falcons. But I know, you know, going into the weekend, it was, you know, there was a lot of buzz about it. But as of now, it's still the, the Falcons at okay. four. Um, I could certainly see okay. the Patriots trying to get up that high to get a quarterback, but I, you know, as of now, it's not it's not a done deal. So, um, if you want to assume it is and go Patriots, I mean, I, I would I could do that. Um, I, I think that they would probably take Justin Fields in that situation. Um, if if uh, you know if the 49ers go Mac Jones and not Trey Lance, I, I would go with Justin Fields as the quarterback to the Patriots at number four overall. And, the, you know, and that's the guy that I think, you know, when I talked earlier in the show about guys that are going to wash out, you know, we're going to see them. It's not going to be all five hits here. I think Justin Fields will be the guy that does not wash out. I think he'll have a good NFL career um, and, and kind of give, give some glory to the big 10 in the quarterback realm. Uh, so I would go to the Patriots there, or uh, Fields at the Patriots at four at that pick. You know, I thought that 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 trade was final, so I'll go ahead and, and allow you to to talk about the Falcons there if they remain at number four. Does that change your thoughts? Oh. Yes, yeah. If, if it's the Falcons, I would go with Kyle Pitts. You know, I um, I think they'll. You know, I know they're. You know, Matt Ryan's getting older, but look, you know, NFL quarterbacks these days play until their late thirties. So you know, Matt Ryan's still young by comparison uh, to some of these guys, and you know, still good enough and playing at a, a good level that you know he can still play for a few years. So. You know, you could get your quarterback, you know, maybe a little bit later uh, in the draft, more of a developmental guy in the second round, perhaps, if you're Atlanta, or try to trade back into the first if there's still a QB floating around that you you think might make sense. But at this point, I think Kyle Pitts is too good to pass up. And even Kyle Pitts said when we, uh, when I talked to him, uh, you know, at his pro day that uh, he's had a lot of conversations with with the Atlanta Falcons already and that they've already set up a time to meet after the pro day. Um, so there's a lot going on there between the Falcons and Pitts, and I, I think they would take this generational talent. I, I think Kyle Pitts is, like his head coach Dan Mullen said, he's a unicorn on offense, and if you don't have a unicorn on defense to guard him, then he's going to make you look silly. Uh, so I like Pitts uh, as a pick for the Falcons there at four, if that's where it will, you know, if the Falcons end up staying there. So, Adam, uh, it's, uh, you're up here, and we'll talk about the team uh, just south of Cleveland there, or very south of Cleveland. The Cincinnati Bengals, I think, are still trying to find uh, their identity. Uh, but you would think they look at a guy like, go ahead, I'm going to let you, you say that, and then I'll, I'll add my commentary afterwards. i got to get, get away with myself. Go ahead, uh, Adam, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, this is an easy pick for the Bengals. It's Jamar Chase. They added some uh, Riley Reif uh, from Minnesota in free agency. Um, and uh, Joe Burrow 
actively is is pushing for them to take Jamar Chase. Uh, one scout recently said Jamar Chase is the best receiver prospect since Julio Jones, um, and and that's what they need. So I'm going to go with Jamar Chase and Bengals. Well, didn't Joe Burrow play with Jamar Chase down in at LSU? Yes, in right, Baton Rouge. Yes, sir. That is correct. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, that's who I was going to say, too. I mean, I think the, the other option, again, if, if that trade does go through uh, with New England, New England picks up a Justin Fields, there might be a play for Kyle Pitts there uh, for Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, but go ahead, Ed. What are your thoughts on the Bengals? Yeah, I, I would love to see Chase and Burroughs again. That'd be fun. I mean, they, they, you know, they went 15-0 and 0 their last year together at LSU, won the national title, and Chase won the Blitnikoff Award. Didn't see him last year, opted out. But, you know, there's no question this guy's a talent. Um, give him Joe Burrow. And, and like Adam said, you know, they did sign Reef and free agency. Everybody kind of figured Penny Sewell would be the guy here because they need that tackle. But they, they kind of put a Band-Aid on that position right now. And, like Adam said, it's a deep class. Uh, for offensive uh, tackles. So, you know, you're the Bengals. You're coming up in round two early. Uh, there will be offensive tackles here you can grab. So why not go with, you know, this this great talent, this great pass catcher from LSU and put him back with his teammate and, you know, let's see what happens. It would be fun. I'd love to see it. I hope it happens. <laughs> So we go with the number six pick, and that's the Dolphins. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think that they'll go with, uh, with the offensive tackle out of Northwestern, Rashawn Slater. I know a lot of mock drafts uh, have uh, uh, Swell going off the board before Slater, uh, but things look uh, – I, I just other mock drafts look a little bit differently. Some go with Rashawn Slater uh, with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Adam, any thoughts on that? I personally like Slater better as a prospect than, than Sewell. I know Sewell has, like, all of the offensive upside um, athleticism that you're looking for at left tackle. But I watched Slater play well as uh, a sophomore against Chase Young. Um, and, and Chase Young was the most dominant defensive end we've seen in college in a long time. And, uh, and I, I think Slater personally projects better. Uh, to the next level. I think the Dolphins getting Slater makes a lot of sense because they've got to do everything they can to see if Tua is the guy. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and talk another trade with you. And so I'm, I'm going to be cautious to think that this has been final, but I don't know. Arizona Cardinals made a trade uh, with the, the Lions to give them the number seven pick. Are we okay with that? Or do you think that you're going to keep it with the Lions there? Either way, I'm okay with yeah, I mean, it's not a trade that's beneficial, uh, but, you know, again, there's some smoke there. But, you know, things change so quickly this time of year with trades and whatnot. So, you know, I would just assume keep it as a Lions at this point. But, uh, you know, I I could see the Cardinals moving up, but I think the Cardinals would, would try to move up for, uh, you know, they, they could actually go defense if they were to trade up and take the first defensive player off the board. But I, I think the Lions would probably uh, stay put and, and – um, uh, you know, I lo- and by the way, I love that pick Slater to the Dolphins. I know Daniel Jeremiah agrees with Adam that he's better than Penny Sewell. And mm-hmm. the thing about Slater you're getting is a guy that can play all five positions potentially. And the NFL loves that kind of versatility. You know, you can only carry 47 guys on game day. So, you know, you need a guy like Slater that if he can do the guard and the tackle, then he gives you, you know, one guy to cover two spots in case there's an in-game injury or something like that. So, um, yeah, but I, I, I would – it doesn't matter. I could stay with the Lions there. And if I'm the Lions, I, I may end up taking um, uh, Penny Sewell if, if he's still there. I mean, you know, the Lions can certainly use some help 
in a lot of areas, and offensive line's one. So I would go with Penny Sewell if, if it is the Lions uh, at number seven. So, yeah, we could go either way, way with that. Uh, Adam, do you have any, any thoughts on either the Cardinals or the Lions there at the number seven? Uh, I, I, I don't I, – I'm hearing that the Lions won a lot, uh, so I don't know if that deal would have go through. Uh, I think the Lions – I don't know if I would take Sewell if I'm in that, their shoes. They have no receivers. Uh, I would take Jalen Waddell to see if Jared Goff uh, – if, if, if Jared Goff has something because uh, they got to give him some tools. they got nothing otherwise. Um, so I would I, I would lean towards Jalen Waddell, but I understand why you would take Panay Sewell because, again, you, you still have to block for the guy. And this is a deep draft for wide receivers. So, you know, here's my thoughts on this. I, I mean, assuming that Arizona does complete this trade, you're right. There, there's a lot that has to happen to make that happen. But, you know, you got to think they, they look at, at a tight end uh, like Kyle Pitts because you, I can't see the pit, see Pitts falling out of the top eight. I mean, I just think that too many teams are drooling over him. Uh, I can't see him going lasting this long. And if he's still there and the Cardinals are there, they go they go with uh, Kyle uh, Pitt. What's that, Adam? Were you talking to us? Or, or... Sorry, Tom. It's the Comcast guy. Just like, I'm okay. No, you go ahead. Take, take care of yourself. Uh, Ed, we'll go on over to you. As it appears now, the Jacksonville Jags, I mean, not Jack, uh, got them on my mind. The Carolina Panthers, uh, my granddaughter's favorite team, uh, certainly got to address their quarterback situation, but they, we believe that has been taken care of. Uh, so, again, we, we look at what, where the uh, Carolina Panthers go for in the pick number eight. Yeah, well, this is your team. So this is, uh, you know, I know you like this team because your granddaughter here. So I'll be interested to hear yeah, what you say. But I, I do. You know, I, I think, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think. Look, if if if, uh, if Trey Lance is still on the board, I mean, they they could take Trey Lance and throw that open with Sam Darnold and let those two guys compete again. Trey Lance is a, you know, could be a, you know, a terrific talent. Just a young kid that needs to learn and develop and, and, you know, get more game experience. He didn't get a whole lot of that at North Dakota state, but um, if Trey Lance is still there, I, I really think they'll go Trey Lance. And if, if Lance is gone, then I would, I'd probably look at some kind of a, a wide receiver, even maybe like a Dante Smith. I mean, I like uh, Adam's pick with Jay, uh, Jason or Jalen Waddle to the lions, but you know, I would, if he's still there, I would look at Waddle or the other Alabama wide receiver, Devontae Smith for the Panthers. But Lance would be awfully hard for them to pass up, even with Sam Darnold, uh, you know, after they got him in a trade. I think, look, you, you can never have too many quarterbacks in this league. And if you bring one in, it's a 20-year-old who has a, a perceived very, very high ceiling. And I think you'd really have to look long and hard at taking him there. You know, I think the Panthers can add the best player on their board uh, with with the Panay Swell. We talked about him earlier. He may already be gone by the eighth pick. We don't know. But he would certainly be a prime talent. There would be a tremendous value there at the eighth, eighth overall uh, position there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, you know, they could use help on the line, too. But that's if he's there. Hopefully he is. I mean, that, that would probably be the pick if Sewell. Sewell's there, but uh, I, I, in my mock draft, I don't have him still there, but, you know, I could see him still being there and the Carolina taking him. And Adam, I know you're back uh, with us. Uh, we were just talking about the Carolina Panthers. Do you have any thoughts on that before we go to the number nine pick with the Denver Broncos and you're up, sir? 
Uh, yeah, I think I think Carolina would go one of the two offensive tackles if one of the two is available. Um, I do think Trey Lance makes a lot of sense, though, if he's on the board still. Uh, they've got two more years with Darnold to see if he's worth it. If he doesn't pan out, um, they just pick up his option, and then they can have Trey Lance start. Um, he'd still only be 22, 23 years old um, with a couple of years under his belt. I think Trey Lance makes a ton of sense there. Um, to give them, uh, I would say, as close to, like, a feel-good guarantee as you can have with two guys uh, competing, and then whoever wins the job is clearly the better man. We're talking with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, and SI.com, our official NFL contributor, Super Browns friend, uh, Adam Jividen, and this is our annual mock draft. As we roll into part two of that, we're standing by for Tony Donahue for the Tony D Podcast. He's also going to be joining us as as well. So uh, I believe that I'm up. <laughs> I think so, yeah. I think I'm up. <laughs> I'm losing my brain. But the good thing about it is I have my black rifle coffee here. The silencer smooth is what I went with, this new one. Uh, it's really, really good, actually. Uh, and the great thing about black rifle coffee, it's veteran-owned. But they, when you buy a bag, you give a bag. So my uh, friend's in the Navy, and he's deployed out at sea, and the entire ship is served black rifle coffee. And I'm going to tell you what. I love coffee. I'm a, I, I know, Adam, you don't drink a lot of coffee, but Black Rifle Coffee is, is the way to go. And they got cool merchandise, mugs, hats, whatever. Check them out, blackriflecoffee.com. Well, it's time to move on down with the number 10, 10 pick. Let's go with the Dallas Cowboys. And, I, again, oh, I'm going to go with a, another Alabama guy, and Patrick Sertain the second, if you will. That sounds like a king's name or something. Uh, Ed, uh, what are your thoughts on that? That's pretty much a, a chalk move on my part. But what are your thoughts? Obviously, the way, way we've talked about now, so far what, what we've talked about is the first uh, defensive player to come off the board at number 10 with the Cowboys. Yeah, that'd be crazy if that's the case. But, yeah, I mean, look, the Cowboys need defense. I mean, that offense is set. Their defense is, uh, you know, really lacking everywhere. Um, so, yeah, I could see them going cornerback there for sure. Uh, but if a guy like Kyle Pitts somehow falls, he won't. But I think, you know, the Cowboys, like last year, when we never thought CeeDee Lamb would fall all the way down to number 17, and he was still was there, and they took him, even though they really didn't need a receiver, uh, they went and they got him, but they do need a tight end. But I, I just don't think Pitt, Pitts will fall that far. So, uh, yeah, I could see them taking Patrick Sertain. I know some mock drafts have Caleb Farley there, the kid from Virginia Tech. But I could also see them going with a boomer bust guy like a Gregory Rousseau from the University of Miami. You know, get an edge rusher in there. Rousseau opted out last year. He only played really as a redshirt freshman. Uh, very little tape on him. Um, but he certainly looks the part, you know, big six six guy with good burst off the edge uh you know i could see them going gregory rousseau but it'd probably be a cornerback like certain I, I would probably agree with you on that adam what are your thoughts on the cowboys in the number 10 pick uh i i think the cowboys everybody has them taken um uh pat certain i know that you guys just had him go to denver correct um I'm personally, I'm not high on Patrick Tan at all. His 40 time was a terrible for an NFL corner. Um, if I am the Cowboys, I'm thankful that the Broncos in, the, in that situation took Sertan, and I'm going to take my personal top corner in this draft, J.C. Horn from South, uh, South Carolina. 
Oh, okay, I thought you were you were adding something to that. Sorry about that. Okay, uh, we no, move on to uh, the <laughs> we move on to the number eleven pick, and you're up, Ed. What are your thoughts uh, as things stand now at the New York Giants at the number eleven pick? Yeah, the Giants have some holes here, but I think they go with the linebacker uh, Michael Parsons from Penn State. Uh, you know, whatever his red flags are off the field, he did address them at his pro day and. Um, you know, you either are comfortable taking him uh, in this draft or you're not. And I think, you know, his talent is, you know, really off the charts. I think this, you know, maybe he's a little bit limited in coverage. Some people think. I don't. I think he's a three-down linebacker who can cover. He's an off-the-ball linebacker you can bring on a blitz, uh, you know, for, for sacks. Uh, and he can pick up running backs and tight ends as well. So I, I like Michael Parsons here uh, for the New York Giants, and I think the guy plays a decade in the league and has a very good career. Uh, Adam, do you have what thoughts on uh, the New York Giants? Uh, that's who I have in my mock is Micah Parsons. Um, Micah Parsons was a beast at Penn State. He opted out this year, um, and uh, it, he's, it, he is arguably the best defensive player um, in the draft, not just available, but in the draft. Well, I know a lot of people were looking at Micah Parsons maybe ending up at the Browns. Do you think there's any possibility that could happen? I don't think he slides that far. <laughs> I, I think that would be a miracle <laughs> okay. if he slid all the way to 26. So we're gonna we're gonna do a double round here, if you will, because uh, coming up pick number 12 is Adam's turn, but it's also the Philadelphia Eagles, and we want to give Ed plenty of time to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. So Adam, yeah, pick number 12, the Philadelphia Eagles. What say you, sir? Uh, I, with the Eagles, I think the Eagles would go one of two directions: wide receiver. Um, with Devontae Smith, or offensive lineman with the best one available, which currently is Elijah Vera Tucker on my board. Um, I am good with either. I think in this scenario, you give Devontae Smith uh, to his old buddy, Jalen Hurts, uh, who uh, at one point roomed together while they were at Alabama. Uh, so I would say uh, is young men um, under Nick Saban. I'm going to go with Devontae Smith in this situation. All right, uh, Ed, the floor is yours, uh, and I'll, I'll save my thoughts here in just a moment, but certainly big, big uh, news with the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFL draft. Obviously, a part of that deal it resulted in the Colts uh, ending up with Carson Wentz, but we're going to turn it over to you, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they've got the pick number 12, as we say, so now – uh, you'll be around the war room. What are you hearing? What's going on with the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, they, they could go a number of ways here. You know, I know they like J.C. Horn an awful lot. I think if he's there, they're going to take him. I know they sent their DB coach to the South Carolina Pro Day, Denard Wilson, and he was one of the uh, five coaches that uh, ran the drills that day for the for the South Carolina players. And, you know, I, I know he came away loving J.C. Horn. So I think he would be the guy if he's still there. Um, you know, I, I know offensive line and defensive line are uh, their philosophy when they pick, you know, relatively early in the first round. They've done that in the past with, uh, you know, they like to build along the front uh, on offense and defense. That's kind of the Andy Reid philosophy when he was in Philadelphia for 14 years. That's the way he built teams. Um, so, you know, I, I just don't see them going offensive line at this point. I know last year they had – you know, they got a lot of injuries up front, but I think they had some young guys step in and impress them like Jordan Melata and 
uh, Nate Herbig and Jack Driscoll, and you know, and now they're getting Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks back, and um, you know, I I just don't see them going there. And there's really not a good defensive uh, line, uh, tackle out there in this draft. Christian Barmore is my favorite from Alabama, but this is a little too high for him. And then, of course, you have this new staff with Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon coming over from Indianapolis. Gannon has that uh, history on his resume of working with defensive backs. So, you know, that's why I think it makes sense for them to go DB here. But um, someone to keep an eye on is one of those two wide receivers at Alabama, Jalen Waddell or, uh, or Devontae Smith. I mean, whichever one's there could certainly be in play uh, for them. I'm not sure they're as high on Smith as they are on Waddle, But, again, if Waddle's off the board – uh, they might look heavily at Smith. But I would write at this point, I would say J.C. Horn's there and they take Horn. So, you know, you, one of the things you worry about Jalen Waddle is his health issues. Obviously, his medical stuff will have to come in. We'll see where he is at health-wise. But do you think it's uh, unthinkable that Howie Roseman and company will go uh, with a guy like Jalen Rager, which is a former uh, uh, Jalen Hurts uh, teammate? Uh, what are your thoughts about that uh, kind of scenario? Yeah, I mean, it would be like we see, hopefully, with uh, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, if they were to land up on the same team. That would be cool to watch. I think it would be pretty neat if, uh, you know, two old teammates from college uh, teamed up together again. But, I, I you know, that's not going to be the be-all, end-all in the, in the decision-making here. I just, you know, when you look at a receiver, the Eagles went with the receiver in the first round last year. Would they do it again this year? I mean, I, you know, you keep chasing your tail here if you're – the Eagles, we saw the Lions when Matt Millen ran that team take receiver after receiver in the first round, and, you know, it just didn't work out. And the Eagles drafted three wide receivers last year. I mean, you know, to me, they've got to develop what they have on hand. Uh, you know, and you hope Sirianni and, and his new staff, uh, Shane Steichen and Brian Johnson, they can they can figure this out with these wide receivers and uh, get them to play to the potential the Eagles saw in them, or at least to their strengths. Um, so I think you know, again, I think they'll take the best defensive player on the board. And, you know, I don't know if they would take a gamble on Gregory Rousseau, big boomer bust project, like I mentioned earlier, you know, could they go that direction? It's a defensive lineman. Um, Would they go quitty pay from Michigan? I mean, I think all, I think defense is in play with this pick um, just based on what they've done at receiver in the past. So um, I'm not saying they won't go receiver, but I just think that, you know, what I've, heard and what I've talked to some people about, I just think defense is the way they're leaning at this point. And whatever best players there, whether it's Horn or they want to gamble on Rousseau, keeping in mind the Eagles will possibly have three first-round picks next year. So, you know, maybe they, they do a little gambling in this draft, um, looking for these boom or bust projects, hope they boom, and then they come back next year with potentially three first-round picks and, you know, continue to put pieces in place. It'll be interesting to see the the Philadelphia Eagles. We have our eyes on them for sure. I'm up the L.A. Chargers, and and it's been a couple years, and I'm still having a hard time rolling that off my tongue. Uh, But, you know, I I think they go with a guy like Christian Dessar. The Chargers made two big offensive line signings in the free agency with Corey Lindsey and and Matt Tyler. They're probably not necessarily done there. I mean, let's think about it. The goal is is to protect Justin Herbert at all costs, and Dershaw is a fast-rising player. prospect that you know uh can play offensive across in the entire front obviously uh offensive tackle from uh virginia tech adam what are your thoughts on that and then we'll get your thoughts uh Ed, go ahead adam wait there's no internet um yeah i mean i christian Derrissaw is solid i like elijah very better 
Um, but I think no matter what, the Chargers are drafting a tackle. It really just depends on who they prefer. Um, I think you, you mixed up. Derisaw is a strict left tackle only. Elijah Vera Tucker is the one that has played all five positions. Just wanted to clarify. Got it. Duly noted. <laughs> Can I put you back on mute now, Adam? No, I'm just kidding. Go, uh, we're going ahead with you, uh, Ed. Real quickly, any thoughts on the Chargers? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you got your franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. You want to keep him upright and healthy for as long as you can. And sure, I know they made some, I think they signed a couple guys in free agency along that offensive line. But, you know, Darisol is, is very good. And, and, and Adam's right. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker can play guard, tackle, uh, maybe center. But, you know, he's a guy with that position versatility. Um, I, and I think he might be the best guy in this draft. So, or, you know, best offensive lineman in this draft. So I would probably go Vera Tucker uh, with 13 at the Chargers. And Ed, you're still on deck with the number 14 pick with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the Vikings, yeah, they need some help on defense. Uh, you know, they probably could go pass rusher again. It's, you know, Greg Rousseau or Quiddy Pay, probably the two of the best. I mean, I even like uh, Jalen Phillips down at the University of Miami. Uh, he had an impressive pro day, uh, really said all the right things afterwards. So, you know, you could see a surprise here. I think I would probably go with that surprise and, and go with uh, Jalen Phillips from the University of Miami. Adam, go ahead. What are your thoughts? I'm sure that uh, Quady Pay is not somebody you want to even talk about. But what are your thoughts about the Minnesota Vikings? <laughs> uh, hey, Tom, give me just a second. I got to take a couple questions here at home. So go ahead. I'll catch up. Uh Okay, well we'll go we'll go back to uh, Adam there with the the uh, Minnesota Vikings. So so we'll let you go ahead and, and take the next pick. And again, uh, ironically, we're at the same spot we were before. Let's just say that 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 trade with the New England Patriots go through, and the and the Falcons end up at the number fifteen uh, because of that trade. Who do you think they end up going with? Uh, the Falcons. Jeez, um, uh, let's see. If I, if I they would... are at the fifteen pick. Yeah, um, I guess, I, you know, uh, they probably could use help on defense, I would think. So maybe, you know, I, I like the kids, uh, the linebacker from Notre Dame, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Um, you know, he was he was terrific. How did you say that name? <laughs> <laughs> hey, the Eagles used to have Halapula Vati Vaisai on the team. So, I, you know, I got that That's right. That's true. Uh, I, I, it's just some of these defensive tackles, like, you know, this kid from – I think UCLA, Levi, and there's another guy. I mean, some of these names are tough, but I got Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa because I like this kid. I I was on his uh, pro day call and just really impressed the heck out of me. Now, he's a little light. You know, he only weighs about 215 pounds or 220 pounds. And, but, you know, God, he's so, he's so quick, and he's kind of that hybrid player that, you know, a lot of these NFL teams are starting to look for. You know, he can bounce between linebacker. He can cover as a safety he can play in the slot at cornerback. I mean, he covers a lot of positions for you if you need him to. Uh, and he's also quick enough to get through traffic and, and blitz from the from wherever he is. Um, again, he's a little on the light side, but, man, I like this kid's attitude. I like his ability. Um, you know, I would love to see the Eagles actually trade back and try to get this kid later in the draft, but I don't think they will. But I think the Falcons would probably take him if he's there, at, if, you know, if they make that trade and they're sitting there at 15. Adam, did we have you back yet? I am back. We on the Patriots? 
Uh, we're going to let you go ahead and go back and comment on uh, the, the Vikings. Uh, we had talked about Quiddy Pay. I said you probably didn't want to talk about him. And then we went ahead and went into the, the uh, uh, Falcons uh, with that trade with the Patriots. So you can, you can combine those two well, if you want. Okay. Well, Quiddy Pay is who I have going to the Vikings. Uh, I think he's really highly rated to a lot of teams. Uh, I also saw him absolutely suck against Ohio State. So, you know, it's whatever. If they want to draft him, go ahead. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure about quality pay, right? <laughs> I, you know, I'm not going to get excited about it. But he was very – he was – I mean, one night in any game he played against Ohio State, which I'm excited with me. Um, I want them to suck. But uh, as far as the Patriots goes, if they're there at 15 – I got them going one of two directions. Um, Jeremiah, Cormo, uh, Asamoah. Um, I also have. I also have them going. Um, if he's available, Devontae Smith. I think Devontae Smith can step into that role um, uh, that the aging Julian Edelman plays um, and can play it really, really, really well. Um, so I, I, that's who I've got. I'm totally good with Jeremiah with either the Patriots or if they complete the trade with the Falcons. Uh, I'm good either direction. So, yeah, uh, that works for me. So Ed is the only one that can fully say this guy's name. You call him Jeremiah. I'm just going to call him J-O-K. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, I think he's a wild card prospect. It's certainly uh, uh, fun to look at. He, like you said, he's, he's, he's lightweight somewhere, probably like you said, around 250, 220 pounds. He certainly fits the bill for a 2021 linebacker prototype. And Atlanta needs a lot of defensive help. So I can see where this makes sense. And, you know, he went to Notre Dame. So that, that's in his favor as well. And Rick was asked to join today. He had some stuff going on. This would have been when we talked to him a little bit. But uh, the the Lions are, are my pick. Uh, again, we're looking at a possible trade with the Cardinals. We talked about this earlier. And I know you were talking about Devon, Devontae Smith there, Adam, in, in, in the last conversation there. But I like uh, Devontae Smith and, you know, if, if within the number 16 pick, if that's kind of where things uh, land at with that, that trade from the Cardinals. So I'm, I, I'm going on the assumption that that trade went through and the, and the Detroit Lions are at the 16 pick. Ed, what are your thoughts? So you got the Lions there. Then they, I would go receiver at that pick. And, you know, again, if those uh, Alabama guys are there, uh, maybe take them. And I could also see, you know, some of these other guys, like Rashad Bateman is really kind of, you know, zooming up some draft boards here. You know, maybe you go with Rashad Bateman at that point. Um, he's a guy that, you know, brings all the skill sets. I mean, he might not be the fastest guy, but uh, he's fast enough, and I think he'll have a good NFL career. So if I would go either of the Alabama kids. Uh, Smith or uh, or uh, the other one who's the Waddle, uh, but I, uh, you know, if they're not there, I would probably go. I might go Rashad Bateman at this point. Well, they're going to need some uh, help in the wideouts. Obviously, uh, they they bid farewell to Golden Tate, uh, one of their top uh, wideouts a year before that. Uh, so you know. Let's insert a Heisman Trophy winner there. Ed, you're still up with the Las Vegas Raiders and the pick number 17. What are your thoughts, sir? Yeah, the Raiders always do something goofy in the draft, don't they? I mean, even with, uh, you know, the new GM, Mike Mayock, in place, it always seems like they do something a little different. Like they took Cleveland Farrell at four a couple years ago. That was a big surprise from Clemson. But, you know, I think they could use help at cornerback. And, uh, you know, if Caleb Farley is, is – 
falling because of this back issue that he has, uh, which I think is a very real possibility. I think they go with a cornerback here, and if Farley's still there, I think they grab him. I don't think Sertan or uh, or uh, Horn will be there. Uh, so it depends how they feel about the medicals with, with Caleb Farley. Uh, if they don't like him, I think Gregory Newsom, the kid from um, – uh, Northwestern is very good, so I think they go corner here. One, you know, one of those guys, Farley or uh, or or uh, Newsom from Northwestern. We're talking with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagle and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. Super Browns fan, Adam Jividen. Obviously, the draft coming up here uh, soon at the end of the month, uh, taking place down there in, I mean, up there in Cleveland. Uh, Tony Donahue for the Tony D podcast was scheduled to join us. He sent me a text saying, sorry, Burrow, he overslept. So we will not publicly shame him because we have all been there, done that uh, for sure. So uh, we'll start. We'll go back to you, Adam. Uh, again, uh, talking about some picks and changes of, of things, but let's we're, we're moving into the 18 pick now, and this could be another spot for the Miami Dolphins. Adam, are you with us? I muted myself. Blue Sorry. Um, I saw the Dolphins. <laughs> uh, in our mock, we had them taking Rashawn Slater. Um, so I think they could be uh, looking wide receiver. Um, I, I think they need to give, again, Tua as many weapons as possible. Um, if, if, if they've already taken that left tackle, um, I, I know uh, we mentioned Rashad Bateman could be a possibility. Um, another receiver that – um, that I'm really high on uh, personally, uh, I, I think that could be really dynamic in the NFL, um, is Rondale Moore from Purdue. I know there's some bigger guys on the board, but Moore gives you that ability to literally uh, put points on the board every time he touches the ball. And there's not a lot of guys in the draft that have that amount of, uh, of, of movement um, and, and versatility. So, uh, Ed, what are your thoughts on the Dolphins there at number 18 pick? Uh, I think they go running back. I'm going to go with Najee Harris, reunite him with uh, Tua there in Miami. Uh, You know, you talk about weapons. I think, you know, a a hammer for a running back would certainly help, you know, Tua in that offense. And if you get that line and if they get Slater in the first, you know, at number six, which I think a lot of us said they would, I would go to Najee Harris here. Um, although I do like Javante Williams better from the North, University of North Carolina, I think he's the best running back in this draft. So, you know, I think they go Najee Harris, or they surprise people and go Javante Williams. You know, and, and I like Najee Harris as well. Certainly, it makes sense for that, that combination between two and Najee Harris as well. I'm up with the Washington football team. Doesn't look like they've changed their name this year. Um, I like Trevon Mulrick. Uh, I had him as a top 10 uh, prospect in, in the draft before the, uh, at the NFL season. I, uh, I mean, he, he, I think he, he slipped a little bit at this 19, but I, I, if, he, if he doesn't end up in the, in the top 10, I think he'll end up here at number 19. This is kind of a, a, a pick in Washington football team. Uh, they certainly need a good safety. Uh, Adam, what are your thoughts? Um, Moore is the best safety in the draft. Um, I personally still have Mac Jones on the board um, on my draft, and I have them taking Mac Jones. Um, if he's still there, they, they need a quarterback something fierce. So 
that's the direction that I have them going. Um, doesn't mean that uh, it, it will be that way. Um, when when the draft shakes out, I think somebody's going to stupidly trade up for Mac Jones and waste some draft picks, but, uh, you know, it happens every year. <laughs> and uh, the uh, number pick, 20, uh, uh, the Chicago Bears, what say you, sir? Yeah, uh, you know, I, again, I think, you know, they cut Kyle Fuller, um, you know, their cornerback, you know, in a salary cap move. I think they could go uh, cornerback here. Um, Gregory Newsom, if he's there, or Caleb Foley, if he still continues to slide. I mean, this is a pretty deep class in corners early. I think it gets a little thin after the second day. Um, you know, Asante Samuel is, is a name to watch here. Um, you know, Asante Samuel Jr., father played in the NFL for a number of years. But I think they go corner. Who's ever, who's ever sitting there, if it's Farley or Newsom, or if not, maybe they go for Asante Samuel. But I'll go with a cornerback, uh, you know, one of those guys. Um, I, would, I would probably say Newsom is still there if Farley goes to the Raiders at 17. So I'll go, I'll go Newsom here. You know, and I was kind of thinking that the Bears might go more offense. Uh, I mean, they, they need more offensive firepower in the draft. I'm, I'm thinking about that Kadarius Tony out of Florida. Uh, he's tough. He's competitive. He's hard to, he's hard to tackle. Uh, so, I, I mean, he's certainly a good possibility for a WR1 uh, there at that position. Uh, what are your thoughts, the Chicago Bears at pick number 20? I don't think they take a receiver because uh, they just paid Allen Robinson a crap ton of money. Um, I think they need a corner or something desperately. Um, I had them taking Greg Newsom in my draft uh, going along with what Rick said. All right, so let's go ahead because we only got a little bit more time left here. We're not going to be able to get through all of these. Again, we will have a, another uh, mock draft uh, the week of the draft, and so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Up next would be the Indianapolis Colts, and we'll just take a roundtable on all of the, on the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I, I like uh, J.C. Horn, cornerback uh, for South Carolina. Horn gave up eight cases on eight passes in his, uh, in his direction last year, um, and that's per pro football focus. Uh, uh, he has a, a, certainly a professional build, competitive spirit. He's the kind of guy we like here in Indianapolis. He's the kind of caliber of a player that we like here in Indianapolis. Um, and, and certainly the, the tone set by Darius Leonard, Horn would match that fit, and, and, and I, I think – they have to go with a guy like J.C. Horn. And maybe a lot of people don't agree with me on that, but I like the direction that my Indianapolis Colts are going, and that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Adam, what are your thoughts? Uh, I love J.C. Horn. I don't think there's any chance he's available in the Colts draft. Uh, I mean, but if he's there, you sprint to the podium and select him. I mean, he's the top – he is, in my opinion, the top uh, eligible corner because of the Caleb Farley back issue. That's not a, an insignificant injury, and uh, that's, that's farly as healthy as the best, but J.C. Horn's a close number two. So if he's available, and you're the Colts, you, you've got to jump on that. Absolutely, 100%. Ed, what do you thought? My Colts, J.C. Horn. Yeah, Horn won't be there at 21. I think they go with a tackle here to replace Anthony Costanzo. And, you know, we've talked some of the top ones after Slater and, and Sewell are gone. So, you know, you know that- Darisol, Christian Darisol still there, or um, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. You know, I love the kid down at uh, Oklahoma State, Kevin Jenkins, bench press 36 reps at his pro day. I haven't seen anybody do more than that. He's got a nasty streak to him. So, you know, if either Darisol or uh, – or Vera Tucker going, I'm going to go with Tevin Jenkins from OK State. 
Hey, Ed, you know what this is? Uh, That's you sticking no. a pin in my balloon and popping it. <laughs> I hate to do it to you, man. But I just stick I'm with you. I agree with uh, I agree with uh, Adam and you both. He's probably not going to be there, but if he is, let's make a sprint to the podium, guys. We got time for one more. We want to give this to Adam and the Cleveland Browns. We'll go uh, a round table on this, and then we've got to call it quits. Uh, we ran out of time, and we'll we'll uh, play catch up on the next mock draft. Adam, go ahead, take it. Uh, so far as it looks now, the Cleveland Browns are at pick number twenty six. What say you? Yeah, the way this is currently shaken out is actually the way that I have mine uh, similarly shaking out. Um, I have the Browns taking at 26, Christian Barmore, uh, the defensive tackle from Alabama. Um, we signed uh, – but he was the band to get us here. You put Christian Barmore next to uh, Richardson and Miles Garrett, and let's see if we can revive Tack McKinley. And that's one whale of a defensive line. Uh, so I've got – the Cleveland Browns going Christian Barmore, I could also see in a bit of a surprise, depending on how the wide receiver room shakes out. I could see them taking a wide receiver, especially if Rashad Bateman is available. I could see that. I think they lean towards receiver uh, in the second round. I have a complete seven-round Browns mock um, available that I'll send over to you, Tom. Um, but I've got them yeah. going Barmore in the, in the first round with the 26th pick. Ed, what are your thoughts? Cleveland Browns on the 26th pick. Well, I love Barmore, you know, in my first mock draft with the Eagles back in before free agency, you know, maybe six weeks ago, I had the Eagles trading down to 12 before they even did and taking Christian Barmore, but that's a little too rich at 12. But, um, you know, you question his motor, but, man, I love his speed. I love his size. Um, I think he's a better inside player than an outside player, but he does give you a little flexibility there. Um, I think that would be a good pick for Cleveland. I also think, you know, they could take a linebacker here, maybe the first linebacker, or actually the third linebacker off the board. That I know that uh, Jameen Davis from Kentucky, uh, I've seen his name mentioned as a possibility. And, you know, I like this Jason Oway from uh, Penn State. Didn't have any sacks last year, but, again, a guy that really tested off the charts who has terrific athletic ability to uh, pressure the quarterback, stop the run. So, you know, Jason Oway could be in play there as well. But I think it'll be defense. But, you know, unless, like Adam said, maybe, you know, Rashad Bateman tagging there or Rondale Moore or somebody that, you know, can help Baker Mayfield. But I think they go to the defense here and probably the D-line somewhere with maybe Barmore or Jason Oway. Adam, I know you got to be going around a time here, but I, I'm curious of what your thoughts on Gregory Rosar are. I know he didn't have the lights-out pro day, but he certainly had the lights-out uh, potential, the, the guy out of Miami there. Yeah, I, I, Russo's tough. Uh, he's still learning the position. Um, he's big and lanky. Uh, I, I personally don't think defensive end um, in the first round is the Browns' biggest need, um, I, uh, unless somebody falls. Um, I think they could get somebody like a Carlos Basham potentially um, in the second. The Browns are also a prime candidate for a trade up in the later rounds um, or even a slide back. Um, from 26 and then, and then do some maneuvering because right now we have eight picks and we don't have that many roster spots. So I, I could see Russo. Um, I like Barmore. I don't think they take a linebacker. Um, Joe Woods wants to run a three safety. It's going to be a four, uh, two, five defense, or excuse me, a four, three, five. 
No, four two five. I was right. And uh, we're, we're going to have two linebackers. All <laughs> the time. Probably Anthony Walker and some combination of Sione Takitaki, Jacob Phillips, Malcolm Smith, Mac Wilson, which is why I don't think they go linebacker because they have now John Johnson, Grant Delpit, who will be coming back as in a Ronnie Harrison in the, in the back end. So I, I think they go defensive line um, or wide receiver. I know a lot of people are saying linebacker. I just don't see it. Well, guys, that's going to have to do it. We're going to have to tie it up and put a bow on it. Uh, Adam Jividen, Super Brown said, get that uh, mock draft over to us. We'll get it up on social media uh, for you as, as well. We appreciate you joining us. Hope you're, hopefully uh, your high-speed cable works the way you expect for it too, sir. Yes, sir. I, the Internet's already working, so I think we're, we're going to be good, buddy. <laughs> All right, man. We'll talk with you soon. All right. I'll see you. Bye. see you. Adam Jividen, Super Browns fan, always a pleasure to have him on, and he's, he brings a lot of energy uh, to the show. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, our official NFL contributor. Ed, what are you working on this week, and where can people find your working masterpieces, sir? Oh, just following the draft stuff and, uh, you know, keeping an eye on the Eagles. They made a, you know, they signed a linebacker from Minnesota, Eric Wilson, uh, last week. They're also bringing Jordan Howard back, the running back, so... I suspect the Eagles will make them available on some sort of Zoom call this week. So, uh, you know, the usual, you know, Eagles draft, draft Eagles, just whatever order you want. That's what I'm working on. (laughs) All right, buddy. We appreciate it. Have a good weekend, sir. Thank you, Tom. You too. All righty. Ed Kratz, love having him on. Uh, been a great show today, our annual mock draft, NFL mock draft, part one. Uh, again, more to come as we get closer to the draft, but it helps us get uh, things started. Uh, so make sure you follow us on social media at T-Balance and Facebook. Just search the the balance. We always get something up there as, as quick as possible. And uh, certainly make sure you follow us. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, go ahead and hit subscribe. You can find us anywhere on you find your podcast and also hear us live here every Saturday morning on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. Don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here. Deuces. Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.